welcome listeners to episode 28 of Snippet Sports Science Podcast. This is Jared Coleman-Stark, today with Chris Cavilio. How are you doing today, Chris? Great, thanks, Jared. Before we get started, we just want to send out a big thank you to EliteForum.com for sponsoring us. This podcast would not be possible without their support. Also, a big thank you to our listeners. We've been getting a lot of amazing engagement on the social media lately, and we really appreciate your efforts. So, Chris, today we're looking at the article, Progressive versus Rapid Rate of Contraction, during seven weeks of isometric resistance training by some researchers from Dijon, France. What do you think of this article, Chris? This actually fits quite nicely into some of the work I'm doing with the athletes I work with at the moment. I'm enjoying the world of isometrics and eccentrics in conjunction with normal isokinetic type lifting. And it's really nice to read articles that talk about different type of contraction rates using, I guess, isometric work that we typically wouldn't do a lot of. Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of isometric stuff lately, but we kind of have this question of, we didn't really know, is it better to have that progressive rate of contraction or more of a ballistic immediate rate of contraction? So what were the researchers looking at in this paper, Chris? It's been demonstrated that the maximal voluntary isometric contraction can be increased by a period of isometric resistance training lasting from anywhere between 5 to 12 weeks. The physiological adaptations after isometric training remain nevertheless a subject of discussion. So therefore, there's been attempts to obtain additional information about the possible sites, so whether it's central or peripheral, to which the strength gains can be attributed. The muscle hypertrophy and contractile adaptations through isometric training have been reported for mainly around knee extensor muscles. So for instance, twitch contractile adaptations are the result of changes in muscle properties and not the result in alterations in a central recruitment pattern. The question of whether isometric resistance training could affect these properties have yet to be clearly checked. When you look at a lot of studies out there, they've reported no modifications in twitch contractile characteristics, whereas others have shown that isometric resistance training has an effect on twitch contraction time, maximal twitch force, and maximal rate of twitch tension development. Different training protocols may account for some of the discrepancies. As we all know, not only with protocols, it's a type of athletes you're working with. Absolutely. So what sort of athletes were they working with in this study? They used 21 healthy male subjects, and none of them had previously engaged in systematic strength training or high-level sport practice. So I'd say reasonably untrained yet healthy subjects. When you look at their physical characteristics, they're around that 25 to 28 years of age, and quite light in terms of athletic population at around anywhere between 71 to 76 kilos. Okay, and then they did a seven-week training intervention. Yeah, the subjects were randomly assigned to two experimental groups called progressive and ballistic, where the groups were eight, and one control group where they had five subjects. The subjects of the control group did not train and were tested before and after the seven-week period to assess the reliability of the observations. The progressive and the ballistic subjects trained individually in a leg extension machine. The difference between the progressive and ballistic was that the progressive group trained by developing a maximal voluntary isometric contraction lasting four seconds with an imposed and standardized progressive force time development. So in this case, they ramped up the force over four seconds. Okay. Ballistic subjects were encouraged to climb as fast as possible to the maximum voluntary contraction, i.e. develop a maximal rate of force development. With the order to stop rapidly, the contraction when the maximal value was reached. The isometric contraction lasted roughly about one second. 
In both these groups, visual feedback of the force level is provided during all the training sessions. As we know, if we have that feedback during a session using isometrics, it really helps the athlete. Yep. And then in terms of the pre-post training intervention test, what sort of performance tests did they do? They did several here. The first was an isometric and isokinetic voluntary strength test where all the subjects who took part in this study, they were carried out on the same Biodex dynamometer. So subjects warmed up performing five submaximal concentric actions at three different angular velocities and three submaximal isometric contractions at the training position at 65 degrees of knee flexion. In respect to the isometric measurements, they were performed at three different knee angles, 55, 65 and 75 degrees to realize the torque angle relationship. These efforts lasted five seconds and the rate of contraction was freely chosen by every subject. Isokinetic measurements involve two maximal concentric or eccentric contractions of the knee extensors, range of motion 90 degrees, performed at three preset constant angular velocities, negative 60, 60 and 240 degrees per second. Constant angular torque at 65 degrees of knee flexion was computed directly by the software of the Biodex unit. So it's pretty comprehensive testing that from purely isometric training, they're looking at several isometric angles as well as eccentric and two different concentric conditions. That's correct. So it's a bit of the question of if you train isometrically, does this then transfer over to your dynamic movements as well? Exactly. And that, does that then therefore have practical application? To right. What we typically right. Do? Because if isometric training only made you stronger at isometric, is that always valuable? Exactly right. The second area of testing, they looked at an electrically evoked twitch contractile properties. So this is where they use electrical stimulations using a high voltage simulator where the subject was seated and the femoral nerve was stimulated using an electrode. Yeah, so someone jams an electrode into your groin essentially and then applies an electrical impulse directly to your femoral nerve causing your quadriceps to contract against the torque measuring dynamometer. And what they did here is they then took the signal of five consecutive twitch traces and they looked at measuring firstly the peak twitch force, i.e. the highest value of the twitch torque production, twitch contraction time, i.e. the time to twitch maximal force calculated from the origin of the mechanical signal. The third one was the maximal rate of twitch tension development, maximal rate of twitch relaxation, and the last one was the half relaxation time. In other words, the time of half of the decline in the twitch maximal force. And then they also looked at surface electromyography. What is that, Chris? In this, they measured the EMG signal from the vastus medialis and the vastus lateralis muscle, and they were recorded using electrodes during strength testing and transcutaneous electrical stimulation. During the isometric actions, the EMG signals were analyzed over a one-second period after the torque had reached a plateau. And during the isokinetic actions, signals were analyzed between 55 and 75 degrees of the complete movement to exclude non-isokinetic activity. Essentially, you're just measuring the electrical activity of the muscle during the activity. Right, they're looking at the compound action potential or the total summation of all the action potentials going to the muscle, known as the M-wave. Just before we move into the results, a little bit of a review, what did they do for those training sessions? The subjects in both the training groups performed all their sessions on a dynamometer using leg extensions three times a week for seven weeks. Training sessions consisted of six sets of six two-sided isometric contractions at a knee angle of 65 degrees of flexion. In this case, zero degrees equals knee fully extended with 18 second rest between repetitions 
and three minutes between sets. The progressive subjects, they train by developing this maximal voluntary isometric contraction over four seconds, and the ballistic was as basically as quickly as possible. So seven weeks of three times a week, six sets of six maximal isometric contraction. That sounds like quite a lot of training to me. Basically have uh, how many total sets per week of of maximal contraction, but nearly 100, maybe over 100. In untrained subjects. In untrained subjects. I mean, I, I think I would find that personally quite fatiguing. I think it'd be quite a quick session, though. That yes. might be the caveat which enabled them to continue. Right. Very, very low volume individual contractions allows it to go through. And also a fairly small exercise because it's just that knee extension rather than something like a back squat. Yeah, definitely. So moving into the results, what did they find, Chris? The two forms of the isometric training resulted in a significant increase of the maximal voluntary contraction at the training position, in other words, at 65 degrees of knee flexion. The relative gains were, respectively, 15.7% for progressive and 27.4% for the ballistic group. So that sounds like a big win for the ballistic group there. Definitely. And for both. Some people might actually struggle with that real maximal hard contraction over one second, but definitely for the ballistic group. Also, significant and comparable torque increases were observed at both 55 and 75 degree knee angles for both groups. But the main training angle was that 65 degrees, so that's why we look at the greatest improvement through that specificity. But it's also good to know that there were improvements outside of that range they were training at. That's right. The isokinetic torque significantly increased at the three angular velocities for both groups of progressive and ballistic movements. Under eccentric conditions, torque increased by 15.6% for progressive and by 18.3% for ballistic, again showing a bigger improvement for that ballistic type movement. No significant difference was observed between the two forms of isometric training in the absolute or the relative isokinetic torque changes. Also important to note here in the control group, no changes were observed between pre and post testing as predicted. Right, just there to show the good reliability of the measures they were taking. That's right. With respect to the vastus lateralis and medialis M-wave characteristics, or the EMG, they highlighted the vastus medialis M-wave characteristics were unchanged after the seven-week period, whatever the group of the subjects. Conversely, the amplitude, the duration, and the RMS of the vastus lateralis M-wave increased after the progressive type training. No changes in vastus lateralis M-wave characteristics were observed in the ballistic or the control groups after the seven-week period. So that's in the electrically stimulated twitch into the dynamometer. They saw that there was a larger compound action potential. With respect to the knee extensor twitch contractile properties, the subjects trained with the progressive type isometric contractions showed comparable twitch contractile properties before and after training. On the other hand, ballistic type contractions during isometric training resulted in a significant increase in big twitch torque, contraction time and maximal rate of twitch relaxation and in a significant decrease of the half relaxation time. So whereas the progressive group saw that increase in the compound action potential, the ballistic group saw an increase in those muscle twitch properties during that electrical stimulation. Great little summary there. So moving into our discussion about this, what do we find from those results? Overall, the present study indicated that seven weeks of isometric resistance training performed with the two different types rate of contraction, progressive or rapid, significantly increased the near extensor concentric, eccentric, and isometric voluntary torque. Although the voluntary torque gains were comparable between progressive and ballistic training, 
the electrically evoked M waves and the associated twitch torque were differently affected by the two forms of training. With respect to this, isometric training performed with progressive four-second. With respect to this, isometric training performed with progressive four-second contractions modified vastus lateralis M wave characteristics with no influence on the resulting twitch. Whereas isometric training completed with brief ballistic contractions affected knee extensor twitch contractile properties, whereas the associated M waves showed no changes. In this, they interpreted these results as indicating that a rapid rate of contraction in isometric training exercise is not more efficient to produce greater torque increases as comparable with the progressive rate of contraction and vice versa. Likewise, the duration of the contraction, four seconds versus one seconds, seems not to play an essential role for the maximal torque development. Instead, the key training stimulus appears to be the maximal intensity of the isometric contractions. In other words, you've got to go hard and you've got to try and achieve 100% of maximal voluntary contraction. Right, it's that intensity rather than the rate of development. Correct. Therefore, they assume that isometric training performed with progressive or ballistic contractions has no apparent effect on the central neural drive of the vastus medialis and lateralis muscles. The underlying mechanisms of the increase in muscle torque production in response to this type of training can result from changes which may occur at various sites along the pathway from the central nervous system through to the peripheral contractile mechanism. Increases of the EMG activity at the trained joint angle observed after isometric resistance training are usually attributed to an increased neural drive to muscle. And that's why I do a lot of that with the training of the athletes that yeah, I work with. makes perfect sense. In the present study, EMG activity at the training position at 65 degrees of knee flexion was unchanged after the seven-week period for all the groups of subjects for both the vastus medialis and lateralis muscles. Because all motor units in a muscle are maximally activated during a maximal voluntary contraction, an increase in EMG would have to be secondary to an increase in motor unit firing Therefore, the authors assume that isometric training performed with progressive or ballistic contractions has no apparent effect on the central neural drive of the vastus medialis and lateralis muscles. However, because the EMG recordings from the vastus intermedius and rectus femoris were not made, increases in neural drive to these muscles cannot be ruled out based on the data presented here. Under the evoked conditions, the group of subjects trained with ballistic isometric contractions showed differential adaptations as compared with their progressive counterparts. The surface compound action potentials of both the vastus medialis and lateralis were unaltered, although this form of training significantly affected the associated twitch contractile properties. Twitch contractile adaptations are the results of changes in muscle properties and not the result of psychological factors or alterations in a central recruitment pattern because the contractile properties are electrically evoked. Twitch contractile properties related to relaxation, in other words, half relaxation time and maximal rate of relaxation, as we observed in the ballistic isometric group, consistently modified in the present study, suggesting a greater plasticity of the descending portion of the twitch in comparison with the buildup. This seems reasonable because the authors asked the subjects to relax with their knee extensors as fast as possible when maximal voluntary contraction was obtained. Therefore, overall, although voluntary torque gains were similar between the two conditions, the results obtained on the evoked action potential and on the resulting twitch suggested the adaptations took place at different peripheral levels of the neuromuscular system. Both forms of training did not modify the surface EMG activity at the training angle, and therefore the hypothesis of an increased central neural drive was therefore rejected. 
So overall, it seems that the hypothesis of increased central neural drive can be rejected, that progressive training affects the vastus lateralis membrane electrical activity and the ionic processes, whereas the ballistic contractions modify the twitch contractile properties. Great little summary. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on this, Chris? It was good to actually just understand some underlying mechanisms as to how we do stuff as a coach, really. Yeah. So what would you do for your athletes? Would you put them on progressive or ballistic or a completely different form? I think initially progressive because it's it's still a maximal voluntary contraction. And to get an athlete to understand to contract maximally, you almost need to do a level of of some form of training in that type. I've, I've always found this basic rule in the back of my head. It takes about six weeks of isometric training to really get a true indication of their real score. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I guess depending on the age of the athlete, the type of athlete they are and how much force they're actually producing, you might then actually say, well, it's time to periodize a more ballistic type movement. And when you actually have a look at some of the work by Alex Natira that he's actually put out there, he has, say, around the knee, isometric holds, then isometric pushes, and then an isometric switch. And when you think about it, the isometric switch, you're switching your feet over and you're pushing up quite ballistically for a short period of time. And you can actually see there's a periodization thought in that type of training. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. Please visit our sponsor at EliteForm.com and follow us on any of our social media profiles at Snippet Science. That's S-N-I-P-P-I-T Science. Thanks for listening.